what is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bidvoe. This is Julie Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. Hey, what's up? This is Brandy. Music and features from a woman's perspective. Intriguing conversation. Espresso. The Mocha Mix. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you making? This is Cafe Mocha. Cafe Mocha gearing up for what looks like is going to be a long-lasting pandemic. You know, we're going to do our best to do what we always do, which is to entertain and to educate. This weekend, we're going to talk about some amazing athletes that probably never made it into the history books. They defied Jim Crow and Adolf Hitler to compete in the Berlin Olympics. But first up, we're headed to the suburbs of Chicago to check in with the doctor and talk about what's on everyone's mind, coronavirus. This is how we do it. Catch our flow. What? What? No, what? This is Cafe Mocha Radio. Radio from a woman's perspective. It's Cafe Mocha. On the line, Dr. Idris Abdul-Rahman. We know him as one of the twin doctors because he has a twin brother. Yeah. OBGYNs. <laughs> and you're based out of Chicago, right? I'm actually based out of the northern suburbs, like 45 minutes, but I grew up in Chicago, so I claim Chicago. <laughs> I heard that. We know okay. What, as you look at how coronavirus, COVID-19 is being treated in that area, um, what are you seeing? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I am finding that while the, the medical institutions and even our local government is trying its best to keep it together, I think because there's not a lot of um, direction from on high, it's a little bit disorganized. And I'll give you an example. I work at two hospitals, and I work at the um, Department of Health in my local county. Um, and all three of those organizations have different responses. Um, and so it's kind of like one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. So in our own office, for example, we're limiting... Um, um, uh, only patients can come. They can't bring visitors with them, no kids, no significant others. Um, in one of our hospitals, they're allowing some visitors but not others. At the health department, they're kind of letting everybody come. So it just seems like it's kind of hit or miss, you know? People don't quite know what to do at this point in time. And in saying that, how are you and the healthcare care workers protecting yourselves? Yeah. So, you know, what? it's funny you would ask that because when um, COVID-19 kind of first hit the radar here in America, we were thinking we would need what they call N95 masks, which are these masks that we wear when we're dealing with patients that have tuberculosis or other airborne illnesses. Um, now that there's been a, a run on those masks and there just aren't enough, they're saying, well, you don't need the N95 mask, you can just use a regular mask with a face shield. So what we're doing now is anytime there's a patient that we know has COVID-19 or a patient that has risk factors, so if they're having like a fever or a cough, things like that, flu-like symptoms basically, um, we'll wear a, a face mask that covers our nose and our mouth. It also has an eye shield to cover our eyes. Um, we wear gloves, which we should be doing anyway, and then we'll wear a gown that kind of covers, you know, whatever it is that we're wearing. Um, we put 
these patients in what are called um, negative pressure isolation rooms. They're rooms where they're by themselves, and they're rooms where the um, uh, airflow actually goes out of the room and outside into the environment as opposed to in the, the uh, hospital. But that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, not 100% sure it's going to prevent all cases of transmission, but it's definitely better than nothing. And because we don't have all the supplies we need, it's kind of the best we have, you know? Wow. We're talking to Dr. Idris Abdur Rahman. We've got more coming up on Cafe Mocha. Like more Cafe Mocha? More of the flavor you love in just minutes. Keep it right here. Cafe Mocha. Cafe Mocha, Angelique, along with Alani Love, giving tips, rules, thoughts about what's happening with this novel, Coronavirus, COVID-19. On the line, he's an OBGYN. You've probably seen him and his brother. They're called twin doctors, black, young, black male doctors. Anyway, Dr. Idris Abdur-Rahman is here with Cafe Mocha. And we're talking about, of course, novel coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. Lonnie, go ahead. How can just us regular people not get in contact with this virus? What What are your suggestions? <laughs> this is the thing, and I, this, I'm going to sound like you know I'm throwing water, you know, water on the parade, but I truly believe that the majority of us are going to be exposed to this virus, and the majority of us may even get the virus. The good thing is that for most people, you're going to have no symptoms or you're going to have minimal symptoms. But I don't think there's going to be a way to avoid it because we are so late kind of getting on the whole bandwagon of community awareness and testing. What we have found so far is that COVID-19 is way more virulent than like your seasonal flu. So, you know, if you come into contact with somebody who's got COVID-19, chances are you're going to get it. And because we're so behind on our testing, um, there can be a lot of folks out there that have it that we don't know have it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think, unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do. Again, we're just talking best practices. You want to, you know, make sure that you're always washing your hands, which you should be doing anyway. Avoid anybody that's got risk factors or that have actually exhibited potential symptoms of it. Um, again, just avoid going out as much as you can. Social distancing is becoming a hashtag, but it's really the only way to truly, I won't say prevent, but reduce your risk of contracting the virus and passing it on to others. And what are you finding that if you contact it, what what are the chances of recovery from it? So, you know, the chances of recovery are really good. If you look at um, uh, the, the little graph, they'll kind of break it down by age. The older you are, the less likely you are to have a good outcome and the, the more what they call comorbid conditions. So other conditions like high blood pressure, diabetes, the more of those that you have, the less likely you are to recover. But if you are a young, healthy person, the likelihood of developing symptoms is small. The likelihood of having a fatal outcome is very small. We're talking less than 1%. So if we get it, you don't necessarily have to go to the hospital. When should you go to the hospital? So what I've been telling people is if you start to experience shortness of breath, that is a sign you need to go to the hospital. Or if you're experiencing chest pain, that is a sign you need to go to the hospital. Um, I'm not like a doomsday prepper, and I don't want people to go freaking out, but I'm just going to tell you guys kind of what I've done in my house to prepare for the eventuality that this is going to probably hit. Um, I did a few things. 
I got an antibiotic called azithromycin, which is an antibiotic that you take for just common, you know, everyday pneumonia. And so if somebody in my house gets COVID-19, I'm starting them on that antibiotic right away. Um, I also got an albuterol inhaler, which is uh, something that asthmatics use, kind of flipping up those airways. Same thing. If somebody in my house gets COVID-19, they're starting that antibiotic, and they're going to be using the albuterol inhaler. Um, because it's not COVID-19 that is taking people out. It is the pneumonia and the lung complications that happen with it. So... Chest pain, shortness of breath, you need to seek medical attention. You can find him at twindoctors.tv. He's OBGYN. And his name is Idris Abdul Rahman. And you have been so helpful. (laughs) You've been so helpful to us, Doc. We appreciate you. And we're going to keep calling you, too. Thank you, Doc. One day when the glory comes. This is Cafe Cafe Mocha. Mocha. Radio from a woman's perspective. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Her name is Deborah Riley Draper. She's an author of the new book, Olympic Pride, American Prejudice, and it is the untold story. Deborah, the the subtitle is really long, so why don't I let you say it? Well, it's the untold story of 18 African-Americans who defied Jim Crow and Adolf Hitler to compete in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. So most people know the story of Jesse Owens. This is the story of the 17 other African-Americans, including two black women, Tidy Pickett and Louise Stokes, who stood face to face with Hitler and represented not only their country, but their race. I mean, the only thing I remember is the black power fist going up, right? That's 68. Okay, so this is 38, 36. Okay, so this is years before any of that. Um, Years, absolutely. And why, number one, is this an untold story? Um, They are the hidden figures of sports. Um, Quite frankly, 18 African-Americans at Berkeley, Ohio State, Marquette, um, big Division I schools in the 30s was not something America wanted to actually make popular because then the whole idea of being inferior or being a second-class citizen would be put to rest because these were elite student athletes. Um, Archie Williams, one of the athletes, was a mechanical engineering major at Berkeley mm-hmm. 4.0. After he ran his race, got a gold medal, he came back to Berkeley, graduated, and became a Tuskegee Airman. Wow. So, uh, Ralph Metcalf was on that team as well. He won a silver and a gold. Obviously, he went on to become a congressman from Illinois, co-found the Congressional Black Caucus, and write the resolution for Black History Month. So these are extraordinary African-Americans who, in a seminal moment in history, really started what is the beginning of the civil rights movement. And I thought it was important that we understand their stories and that it was very important that we know. We're talking to Deborah Riley Draper, author of Olympic Pride, American Prejudice. Uh, we love our athletes. We love telling those stories. We yeah. love telling stories of the actors and the people that perform for the white people. Uh, <laughs> but what was going on with the, the white athletes of this time? Well, you you know what's interesting about these white athletes when they came back from the Olympics they were able to get contracts they got to be Tarzan they got to do these RKO studio deals and Mac Robinson um, very sadly was the older brother of Jackie Robinson right so 
uh, Mac was a star 10 years before his brother was a star. Wow. He came back and he went back to Pasadena and the job he got offered was a janitor. Where can we find the film? It's on Stars on Demand right now. It's on Amazon. Um, you know, all of the streaming services. Right. The hoop the voodoos, all of all of the do's. So it's available. Um, it's executive produced and narrated by Blair Underwood. Oh, um, so it's pretty fun to work with him on the project. The book is called Olympic Pride, American Prejudice. Maybe a little something for the kids to read while they're out of school. Our guest is Deborah Riley Draper. More coming up on Cafe Mocha. Over the next few weeks, Cafe Mocha will be checking in with doctors, therapists, educators, naturopaths, all in hopes of giving us the tools that we need to make it through the novel coronavirus pandemic. And we're going to try to entertain you in there, too. I know it's hard, but chin up. More Cafe Mocha continues. We got the hit makers. Trailblazers, tastemakers, and game changers. That's how we roll. This is Cafe Mocha Radio. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Deborah Riley Draper, author and movie director. Um, her new book is titled Olympic Pride, American Prejudice. Uh, how long from... Okay, so you took from the movie to write the book. How long did that take, that process to write the book? Two and a half years because um, the film is about 88 minutes long and we wanted to go deeper into the lives of the characters, mm -hmm. really look at their parents, really understand that in 1936, we weren't that far from slavery. So you had all of these uh, beautifully talented African Americans in UCLA, USC. You know, you don't get to hear these stories about these sharecroppers that are able to send their kids to Berkeley. So, you know, right. I wanted to really understand their families and their motivations. And and also what we did differently in the book, we run it parallel with Hitler's trajectory. So we look at the trajectory of these African-Americans and we look at the trajectory of Hitler. Because remember, in 1923, Hitler was in jail. So mm -hmm. he was in jail for five years. He wrote Mein Kampf. And so all this hatred is building in the mm -hmm. five years he's in prison. These guys are growing up. He's coming of age and they all come of age and meet in 1936. So that's what we do a little bit differently in the book. Fascinating. Oh. Yeah. You know, I guess one of the things that always comes up in situations like these is that black people get treated so poorly in this country and then they're expected to once again perform for the white people. Um, and I guess what was it like for them having to represent in this way, knowing, knowing sort of the consequences, knowing the repercussions of what they were doing. Um, they were quite extraordinary because at first, um, and, and you guys all know this, Hitler said, we don't want any blacks and Jews at the Olympics. So they knew where they were going. And then the American team said, well, I don't know if we should bring the African-Americans. It might be an issue. So they actually rallied to become a part of this 
whole process of representation. And they knew how important it would be if they went to Nazi Germany and represented that they weren't inferior, that they were not only equal to the Aryan race, but they proved to be superior to the Aryan race. So they understood the weight that was on their shoulder, not just the cultural weight or the athletic weight, but the political weight. And they were able to bring that back. And that allowed um, the NAACP and lots of groups that were advocating for change to demonstrate that, look, not only are they excellent students and excellent athletes, they're excellent patriots and excellent Americans. So how would you want to be a country that does not allow your excellent Americans and all of your Americans to be equal? So I, I think... That's the burden they had, and they had the burden of proof, and they actually proved it. I'm so happy you did this. I am so, I cannot wait to read this book. Um, the book is titled Olympic Pride American Prejudice um, by Deborah Riley Draper. Thank you so much for calling in the Cafe Mocha. Like more Cafe Mocha? More of the flavor you love in just minutes. Keep it right here. Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha trying to help you survive COVID-19, the coronavirus. On the line, Dr. LaJoyce Brookshire, naturopathic doctor and master herbalist, author of Ask the Good Doctor, the detox edition, which is on my desk. Dr. LaJoyce. <laughs> yes, hello. You, I mean, it's almost like you've been preparing for this forever. Yeah. Like a lot of the tips that I'm hearing now, you have been telling us forever. So thank you. Yeah. So let's get right to it. What should let's we be do doing to strengthen our immune system? The one thing that you should absolutely be doing to strengthen your immune system is to increase your vitamins threefold. And if you have a good vitamin, it will contain natural things like wheatgrass, spirulina, chlorophyll, blue-green algae, chlorella, barley, bluegrass, all of the algaes. And that is a really good food. And so your vitamins should be food and not chemicals, y'all. The other thing that we should do is exercise. Mm-hmm. Do not do not get constipated at all. Keep your elimination zones wide open and go to bed by 10 o'clock or before. And I'll tell you why. The worst thing that could have ever happened to America right now is daylight savings time where we lose that hour of sleep and people's circadian rhythms are thrown off for about 30 to 60 days until it catches up and rebalances and recalibrates itself. We should not lose the sleep. Be fastidious about getting your sleep. But it's not just sleeping late in the morning, it's about going to sleep at night because the moon heals and restores the body while the sun gives us energy. Because the body needs to fight off the invaders that can only happen, and that can only happen while we are sleeping. And these are all the things, like you say, I've been teaching these for a while. Um, Let me ask you about this. You did a whole YouTube ceremony on what we shouldn't be doing, like come in the house, take shoes off, wash clothes. Da, da, da. Can you give us some, some of the list of those things that that will keep us safe during this time? Absolutely. The first one would be stay hydrated because you're rinsing away toxicity, drinking something, ever, drinking water 
every 30 minutes. And do not touch anything in public with your bare hands. Not door handles, not an elevator button, a faucet, a soap dispenser, or a bathroom door. Have those gloves on if you can find them. Or make sure that you have a paper towel or a tissue in your hand so you put a barrier between you and any other surface. Of course, we all know about frequent hand washing. And as sanitizers become difficult to find, you can make your own sanitizer with peroxide and green alcohol. That's winter green alcohol because it has winter green essential oils in it, witch hazel, and 91% alcohol, if you can find that as well at this time. But also, as the stores are going to run out of things like Clorox and Lysol and alcohol, stock up on white vinegar. Mm. Good old-fashioned distilled white vinegar. Wipe down things before you put them in your refrigerators or your freezer. Spray it with the vinegar and let it sit for 10 minutes. Vinegar and peroxide, by the way, are germ assassins. LaJoyce Brookshire, naturopathic doctor, master herbalist. Her latest book is called Ask the Good Doctor, The Detox Edition. I got it on my desk right now. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.